on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I think all successful people want other people to succeed as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, the stories we saw where what was this? Uh, Scrooge was like counting his coins and wouldn't like, I don't think that's true in real life. That was just a Disney made up character. Most people aren't like that. The miser that just holds it everything. And if they, they are that person, they're probably not that wealthy. And it doesn't have to be monetary either. It could be successful in their own right. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast, coming to you today. Britt Bowers on the King stage. My, my man, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you being here. Time is, is the most valuable, so the fact that you're giving it means a lot to me. So what kind of business are you in? So you know what? I'm in, I'm in the land business. Ultimately, I'm in the cash flow business, but I'm also in the helping people business. So, yeah. And we get paid very well to do it. I love it. I love it. And so in inside of the land, you know, you're 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 buying, selling everything land or is there specific types? Like give us a little bit of of what this land helping people looks like. Yeah, I prefer vacant residential land. We we generally buy it from people that no longer want it and turn around and find people that do want it, but they don't have tens of thousands of dollars just sitting around. You know, most banks don't actually finance for land, so I try and fill both of those needs, you know, find the people that want land because I have the land as all, as well as allow them to the ability to make payments on the land. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like a funding option in there too, huh? Exactly. Yep. Well, I, I love the, uh, the creativity of getting deals done. It sounds like you're, you're in the same vein. We'll have lots to talk about here, but before we jump into your story, tell me at this level, obviously you're, you're, you're crushing, you're, you're doing a certain amount of revenue, right? That million dollar mark or more, but, but why dude, why are you still going? You, you've already got success. You've got it wrapped up. You got it in the bag. Why, why are you still doing it, man? You know what? It's funny. Me and my wife went, went out to, to lunch. We just got back from lunch and I was like, you know what? What if we just took like, you know, just gave everyone on our, on our team, like a, a, a package, like paid them out and just was happy where we're at, you know, didn't acquire any more land or houses. And she, she had a really good point. She's like, well, a lot of them will pay off in like seven, eight years. And I was like, no, no, no. We've been thir- doing 30 year mortgages. But I, I think the real reason that's her reason why we can't stop. You know, you got to keep building it, <laughs> buying and selling. Yeah. But I think the real reason is, is we're entrepreneurs. We're business people. If we did not have a growth and building mindset, we probably never would have built this in the first place. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I didn't have that mindset already, I probably would have stayed in the military, stayed with my W2 job yeah. and let someone else dictate my schedule and my time and what I wear and how often I had to cut my hair and shave my beard every day. Yeah. So that's just not what we do as creators, as builders, as visionaries. We just yeah. keep going and keep building and keep hiring and keep scaling and going into new markets and 
starting a coaching course and a podcast and a YouTube channel, a TikTok. We were just talking about that. Yeah. It just never stops. Like you got to have something to do with your time. You know, God, like in the Bible, it says, you know, the idle hands, and I'm yep. very paraphrasing this, are, are the devil's playground, you know, type yeah. thing. So a yep. lot of times I don't make time for myself to sit around. I, I don't yeah. enjoy sitting around. Yeah, I, I think that everything that you just said, every entrepreneur is going, uh-huh, yep, yep. <laughs> now, now the, the desire for more that you re you referenced. Not every entrepreneur has that, right? Where they don't want to, they don't want to be told what to do. They want to do their own thing, but that only, that obviously, you know, that like sends you into business. It gets you started, right? But in order to like really scale to where you are and have systems and people and all the things that would give you freedom to just hit the pause button, if you, if you wanted to, those things come from the desire for more. So where, like, was it along the way that you kind of realized that you had that desire for more? Was it a moment in time? Was it like this epiphany? Was it like, I'm just, I just haven't stopped. I didn't even realize it. Like, give me some feedback there. No, I think, I don't know if it was an epiphany or like one of those light bulb coming on moments. I guess if I look back, it was just a couple of years ago, 2018, when I was getting out of the military, my whole goal was just to make 10 grand a month. That's all I needed to make. Well, I hit that before I even got out of the military. Wow. And then I hired a bunch of bunch more people and people started, you know, coming and just more deals started happening, more transactions, more cash flow coming in. And I mean, we just hired someone else last week. So I think it's just, I feel like it's one of those things. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. We're always improving, like going to the gym and eating healthier, you know, trying to run that mile a little faster. I don't know if I had an epiphany, but I just feel like, you know, it's just, I just have never taken my foot off the, at least for the last 10 years. Now, granted, I take vacations all the time. We take time off because that's, you know, we've got, I've got a family and it's great and really fun to do that. But that's when some of my, my, I basically recharge my batteries and that's when some of my best ideas come yeah. when I'm just hanging out for a couple of days and like, okay, let's, what else can we start now type yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 It, there's a difference between idle hands and, and an idle mind. That's true. Yeah. Cause there's that, there's that thinking time that you're talking about where you can go to a quiet place. And I think most entrepreneurs can relate, but depending on, on, on the level of desire, man, that idea factory just starts churning. Yeah. What Keith Cunningham talks about uh, in his book, the uh, less stupid or something like that. I forget what this book's called, but anyhow, look it up. Keith Cunningham, something less, less dumb mistakes, but he talks about setting thinking time up, like scheduling it. And that's one of the things on my, my to-do list. I've already put it on my calendar, but something always seems to get in the way of it. Every so that's time. one of the things like, <laughs> I plan to implement is to start having thinking time. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guest on my show. She's been a business owner for 20 years and successful in the windows and door space and and she said that she had a business coach once tell her that, you know, you wouldn't miss an appointment with, you know, a client or, you know, an employee. If you're doing an employee meeting, why would you, why would you miss that appointment with yourself? But it's so hard. It's so hard. I had, <laughs> this was just like a couple of months ago. One of my team members was like, Hey, so like, you know, she was asking me about some certain things that I was supposed to be doing in some blocked off time. And I was like, well, you know, 
She's like, well, we blocked off the time for you. Like, what do you mean? Like, what, why haven't you been doing it? I was like, well, look, look back the last couple of weeks on, on those timeframes. And I had filled it. Call, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> deal, this meeting, this, you know, and she was like, no, you can't do that. We need you to, you know, da, 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 da. So yeah. I, I received that, 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 that kind rebuke. I receive it. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's like, I have a, a mentor, a business mentor, and he's like, look, if someone calls you or tries to interrupt you during that time you set, let's just say that you set a time with your son to take him, you know, to get ice cream on that day. You can't say to that person, oh, hey, you know, actually, I'm actually going out. To, I'm going to take my son out for an hour or so. I, I can't actually do it because I've already got a commitment. No, just say, I already have an appointment. Can, can you do it next week on Thursday? That right. person that's calling or texting is not going to say, well, can you cancel it? Like, you don't even have to get into that. Like, just, nope. you know, block that time and and be just comp- almost religious with it type thing. Yeah. Nothing gets in the way of it. And our phones, our phones and our emails and our Twitters and our text messages are the biggest killers of productivity because everybody else is squeezing their way into your schedule all day long. And it's it's a darn addiction. It really is. Like, we got to check that phone. And no, if we schedule that time in, like everything else is second nature type thing. That's right. I love, I love the mindset. Okay. So let's go, let's go to your story. Let's go back maybe a little bit of time where, you know, you maybe aren't where you are today, but you're in the middle of it. You're in the thick of it. And I want to know a good decision that you made that really catapulted things forward around people or systems or advertise. Like what, what was that one thing, or maybe one of the things you can look back on and, and share? Well, I guess one of them was really, we've been talking about this whole entire time was time blocking. When I was in the military, I had to be on base by 6 a.m. to be doing physical training. And most of the times I wouldn't be able to leave until like 6 p.m. that night. Like my days were stuck there all day long. So I, I didn't have time to start a business. I also had a brand new baby, a very new, very new marriage. We had just moved across the country, all these things that I had going on, I could have just said, you know what, I, I don't have time to start a business to eventually get out of the military. That, that's what I wanted to do was get out of the military. Right. But I had to find that time. And that was no Netflix, no Hulu. I don't even think Hulu existed back then, but I would get up at 4 a.m. every single morning, at least six days a week. And I would time block the things I needed to get done yeah. to work on my business. Now, I couldn't call back sellers and buyers at the time, but I could, I could email them back. I could, you know, message them on Facebook, these things, things like that. But it was just setting that two hours a day multiplied by six days a week. And that turned into, what is that? 12 hours a week, multiply that times four in a month. And then by the time a year's like passed, like you have put in so many hours to build your business. And that was probably the best decision I ever could have made was just finding that time. Now, now I would drop dead at nighttime by like 9 p.m. Like, and I, I still have found myself in that, like I'll still get up at 4 a.m. some mornings when I'm feeling overwhelmed the night before, like, oh, I got all these things to do. It's amazing that two hours when the phone's not ringing, when the kids are not awake and you have, you have four kids, like I've got three, there's always something that gets in the way. You just got to find that time. Yeah, it's so true. And, and, and so you put that, you know, in that place of that, that personal appointment, you know, whether it be the, the thinking time, the, the gym, you know, prayer, meditation, Bible reading for me, you know, it's like those things they're on the calendar, but it's like, you just have to remember that 
you're committed to those things, just like you are the podcast with, with, with Brent Bowers, you know? So I just think that there's some mindset there that it never goes away. And that's what I want to hear. I want the, I want the listener to hear that you got two people at, at a pretty high level saying, Hey, look, like we, you still get overwhelmed. You still wake up at 4am going, okay, let me get a couple of extra hours in here today. Let me, let me be really, you know, focused. You know, I'm still on a regular basis. Now, last month with, with new baby has been interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. There's been some later nights and some earlier mornings and it's been all over the place, but you have no schedule, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but there's stuff that needs to get done. So we, we, you got to figure it out is, is my encouragement to the listener. And God bless all wives, all spouses oh, that have to be married to entrepreneurs like you and I, Chaz, because, Seriously. you know, it's like, they're doing they're getting up with the baby and they're dealing with our, you know, mental ups and downs and our roller coasters. And, you know, I, I don't know, like I might be the only entrepreneur that like, I swear business is a, is a roller coaster sometimes. Like yeah. some days I feel like I'm on top of the world. And the next, I feel like every, it's all rain and hell down on me at the same time, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because yeah. it's like yeah. we're building something. You know, type, I listened to the, to the book the other day on audible, really long book, but so recommended by Phil Knight, the co-founder of Nike called shoe dog. I was like depressed the whole time during listening to that, 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 that book. Yeah. I mean, it was like 20 years. They were in bankruptcy. And then one day, like someone, God turned the lights on basically when they went public, <laughs> I yeah. think if I understand correctly. Yep. And he's given a hundred million dollars a year away to charity. It's like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But the story, as you're saying, nobody knows those, those individual moments, you know, where, where they're hustling and, and going to track meets and, and trying to sell shoes and, you know, all the little things or the, or the, the behind the scenes of the manufacturing and how that almost bankrupted them. And just an incredible story, like you're saying, but we all have those moments to your point. We all have those decisions to be able to keep keep going because, because it doesn't just happen. And even if it does happen, then, then you might be on the way down now for a minute before it happens again, whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. And we're seeing it right now in the real estate market. I have several properties that like they're, they've slowed down on me, but thank God, like we're, you know, okay. Financially we're set. We still got the cash flow coming in and it's like, you know, but we just, we just came out of like a four-year cycle that it's almost like we could blink and make money. Right. type thing. And though I think it's a good time to get in real estate. Yes. Was four years ago, a great time to get in real estate. Yes. It's just, we're in a different market now. And, you know, gas is expensive. Well, actually it's went down. I just saw it went down a little bit. I'm kind of yeah. like, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is this, is that there's, there's going to be either reasons or excuses to your point. That's so good. Yeah. Reasons or excuses. Yeah. One, ones we do or we don't. So, okay, let's flip the coin. Brent, tell me about a time where you just made a really poor decision. I want to know. I want to know the juicy details. You know what? There's been so many of them. There really has. And I heard this from Tony Robbins. He said, "When we win, we party. When we fail, we ponder." And you know, I was winning so much. It's like I was in. I was in the military still, and I had just gotten just started buying and selling land. And I was like buying land for $285 and selling it for 5,000, buying the next parcel for 500 and getting 500 down and 400 a month. And like all these little things, and these wins just kept stacking up. And I was like, I think by the, about the 10th or the 12th one, I'd made a couple hundred grand. And I'm just like, 
oh my, anything I look at, I can just buy it and sell it. It's gonna, I'm gonna turn it to gold. And I, I, I stopped going and looking at it. I would just mm. like look at, I would be doing my army emails or just getting back from the field. A piece of land would come across. I was like, yep, we're getting one third of the, of the value, buy it. And I just didn't even run title insurance. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I did about three or four deals where I had purchased the land. And one was a, was a gaping crater in the ground. Another one was like a treasure deed where there was basically a cloud on the title. And I had buyers lined up for all these things. And right. we found out about the problems after I had bought them. So it's just like, I got cocky and arrogant and I had to go back and like, okay, you know, there's steps for a reason that we need to take to make sure that we're not getting into a bad investment. So that was one of the many, many times yeah. where I made bad mistakes, I, and, but I learned from it. So I, I see it as a great, great value. And I've taught many people how to avoid those type things. And we dug ourselves out of the hole or I dug like that was before I had a team. I dug myself out of the hole and it's just, I learned a lot from it. So I really, I'm glad it happened. Yeah. I, I received that. I think that we all, I mean, we, we've all lacked the due diligence, whether it's in a partnership (laughs) or a, you know, in a deal or in, in a, we could insert whatever you want there, <laughs> but yes. what I actually oh. heard you say was that <laughs> you got arrogant. That's right. I got cocky and arrogant and I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't mess this up. Right. And right. It worked out. And so, so the, the listener I'm sure is going, okay, well the, le- the learning lesson there is don't be cocky. Don't be arrogant. Think through things all the way through. Is there, is there a, is there was it just so many wins in a row that gave you the false yeah. confidence? False confidence. That's so good. Great. You put a great term on that. Yeah. I got so many wins so quick that it was just false confidence. And that it's funny. You said partnership. And then I went into a partnership with one of my brothers, my best friends, and we went into a business and I was just arrogant. It's like anything I touch, I will turn to gold. And it didn't. And things went south with that business. And then eventually our friendship and we're good now. Thank God, because the money screw that. Like that was just a, honestly, it helped me on taxes, to be honest with you, that we lost on it, but uh, which is a stupid way to look at it, but um, you're scratching and clawing for any, any validation, (laughs) but you know, it's like that cost me a lifelong friendship. Because yeah. of that arrogance, and it was about the same time frame. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that's that's the that's the point here. Is that? I mean, I I think I think for a long time I, I I have been a huge proponent of winning. Right, I even have in one of the workbooks I created for our mastermind group that you need to win every day. Period. Yes, you need to you win do. every day, and you do. But how do you then stop the mindset of multiple wins? If that you're telling me, Brent. Chaz that I need to win every single day. So I'm in here looking for the wins and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting confident over here. What's the caveat there? How do I, how do I stay humble? I don't know. I don't know. As far as winning every day, I've got a little on the other side of my desk here at my other desk. Like I've got like a couple things I want to accomplish every day. The first is, you know, go to the gym. And that's one of my personal wins, go to the gym, you know, talk to make five connections each day. It could be a seller. It could be a business partner. It could be my accountant. And that, like for a while, that was the top two. 
Now then there's personal stuff like, you know, make sure I make my wife feel loved and appreciated each day, each one of my children, like, you know, to just have a little connection time with them each day. Cause there's three of them. It's, and you've got four now it's, it's really hard to make sure each one of those little, little growing beings get that win. And that win might be daddy sat with me and read a book for two minutes. Like, so I don't know. I don't see why that would make someone not humble because at the end of the day, a win could be, we got our mailers out to our land sellers. That's a win. Like, and then the next win is um, a week from now, we got a phone call from one of those letters. And then the next win is we got a purchase agreement signed by one, one of those sellers and, and small wins turn into, we now get 16 grand a month on land notes or whatever, you know, whatever that win might be, or I get the parking spot really close to, you know, the, Applebee's restaurant, like, and I just say winning, you know, or right. the shaded spot. Cause we're in Florida and it's hundred degrees right now. Yeah, so seriously. it's, it's small wins. Yeah. No, I, the, the, I guess it's all perspective, right? If, if you are thinking of the little things as not so much an arrogance boost, but of like, this is helping me build something. I think that that's great perspective. I also think that gratitude or having the perspective of something that one, like that once was different, you know, and so, you know, for the listeners that resonate with me, knowing that didn't come from anything, single mom family, like literally just, I can remember when things weren't like this, when I wasn't in a, in a beautiful office inside of my home that we just got done building on a beautiful estate. I can remember when life was just a little bit different. And so even though we have it, even though I got the win, even though I'm beating my chest a little bit, it's like that same moment where you're like, whoa, 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 bro. <laughs> you remember when. And so I think, I think both of those uh, perspectives are, are super valuable. I want to know uh, real quick here, Brent, do you have any sort of like discipline or maybe even process when a decision comes to you? Like we've been talking good and bad decision here. The decision comes to you right now and you got to make one. What do you do with it? So for instance, if like you came to me or someone came to me, like just a, a little bit ago, I, like a, we have a brand new contractor in an area that's working on one of our properties that we've had a lot of mistakes with lately. A couple of contractors rip, ripped us off and nothing against contractors. But I guess my process is, is like, what does history show me? Mm-hmm. What have I dealt with in the past? And, or can I call somebody that, that knows or refer like, so I guess that's my process. It's not huge. It's not anything groundbreaking or earth shattering is like, you know, what does my past experience show me? And if I didn't have any past experience in that, who do I know that does? that I can reach out to, because here's a cool thing about successful people. And you know, this Chaz, you're, you're an example of it with your podcast and most successful people, actually, I, I, I'm not, I think all successful people want other people to succeed as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, that the stories we saw where what was this, uh, Scrooge was like counting his coins and wouldn't like, I don't think that's true in real life. That was just a Disney made up character. Most people aren't like that. The miser that just holds it everything. And if they, they are that person, they're probably not that wealthy and it doesn't have to be monetary either. It could be successful in their own right. Totally. You know, but, but you can always call someone and get help. So that's my very sim- simple process. Yeah. It, what you just said is like, basically it's not about the money necessarily. I learned this principle a while back that having more money doesn't necessarily change you. It, it amplifies who you already are. 
And, oh, yes. and so when, when good people get a lot of money or successful in many different areas, it could just be more than monetary, but to your point, it's, I want to give back, or I want to be able to raise up my community, or I want to be able to help other people through a podcast or whatever. And then the people who are already ill-willed, you know, or have a, a an inkling in their spirit are, are going to do wrong things anyway. So I think that that's, you're spot on with that. It's a matter of being able to build with right intentions, probably. Yeah. And those people won't be successful. They won't be wealthy or rich very long either. Like something bad will happen because they'll bring it right on themselves. Yeah. They'll go to prison or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They, they won't last long. All right. Let's hit the speed round here, brother. I've got a right. question on the first round here of dwindling your business down. All the transactions, all the calls, all the everything down into one trackable metric. What is it? As far as the metric, you know, let me make sure I understand you correctly. Like, how do I track if I dwindle it down to one metric? Like, how do I track my company if it's successful? Sure. Yeah. If that's how I, if you dwindle everything that you do down into one trackable thing. Can I have two is- metrics? For like a key performance. <laughs> no, it's <indicator>. one. <laughs> but yeah, no, share, share them both. <laughs> because here's the thing. It's like, and it's so simple. It's, we put out, we have to know exactly how much we have to put out yeah. to get a return and how much that return is. So if I, right now it's about a dollar for every dollar we spend, we make about three ninety five back in all the companies right. combined. So that's two metrics. So I kind of cheated. I don't know if I can yeah. figure out one. I'm probably your least... Intelligent you could dwindle that down into to return on ad spend, basically. Yeah, yeah, return on spend. There you go. Yeah, interesting. Return on um, investment ROI. Yeah, yeah. Which which obviously could incorporate, you know, your people and salaries and all that stuff because that can all be considered yeah, investment. Every one of our team members are are investments. And if for anybody listening to this, if you look at one of your team members as they're not an investment, they're not pulling their weight, they're not bringing in a return on investment then that's a burden and you, you guys, you should either find a new seat on the bus for that person or get them off the bus completely. AKA I'm saying fire them, get rid of them or in the partnership. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. We just actually terminated one of our employees and we gave her a severance package. She's been great for the last two years, but she just no longer works for our community or our right. culture, I should say. Right. Yep, exactly. All right, Brent, what book would you suggest that a six figure business owner read? Oh man, I say The Wealthy Gardener. I just love the story. It's about a chiropractor that just worked his way up in real estate. And it's just a beautiful story. I almost said my wife's book that she just wrote, Mother Trauma. But uh, yeah, throw it out, Mother Trauma. So yeah, she's my wife is doing really well on Amazon right now. She's already got 22 reviews. So I'm just really proud of her. So a writer in the family, but the six figure business earner or six-figure earner in business should probably read The Wealthy Gardener if you haven't done so already. Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll list both of those books in the show notes. I hope that the one for your wife is uh, kicks off. Next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Absolutely mastermind. I'm very intentional on networking. I don't go to random networking events. Sure. I go there to either speak or learn something as I actually got to give the credit to Sean Callagy for that. The guy is just just incredible and the business relationships that he builds. But yeah, I highly, highly believe in it. I mean, this podcast is a 
is a very not random networking event. Like right. you and I are networking right now. Yeah. So yes, I highly agree, agree with it. I'm actually starting my own mastermind. I know you have one as well. It's yeah. incredible. So it's very powerful. I started a real estate meetup many of years ago. It's still growing, even though I'm out of it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in business that I got to do by starting that event. So you can start by going, but I think you should also create too. Yeah, no, that's so good. It's a good perspective of not just being a recipient, but a giver. But that's kind of why I like the, the mastermind format usually, or at least in my opinion, ones that are done in the actual like definition of masterminds, like you can yeah. give and take yes. in the scenario. It's not like just sitting down in a seat and taking notes. That's, that's, that's more what I would call a conference. <laughs> Chaz, you don't have to have all the answers either because there's exactly. going to be some people in there that are probably doing eight, that you could have a person that do, that's doing eight figures. And that that's exactly what that seven figure earner needed to hear. And it was only one thing. And he can leave that weekend or that, that mastermind yeah. thinking, oh my God, I can't believe that's all this cost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have that one pivotal moment, like that you're talking about that connection, that piece of knowledge, that one hinge that just, just pulled the screw loose and then everything, you know, came, came apart or came together. However you look at it. Yeah. It changes the world. Do you actually, let me, let me phrase it like this. If, if you only had one hour each week to work in or on your business, how would you use that hour to successfully run your business like you do now? I would put a message out to my entire team of hope, inspiration, also the time and that one hour to make sure that I publicly announced the person's name that, that was showing up in the KPIs, the key performance indicators, or, or the, you know, she bought more land this week than everyone else or, or more houses or whatever. That one hour would be a message directing everyone that's rowing on the boat to keep rowing in the same direction. Because I learned this as a platoon leader in the, in the military, my, my first job as a, as a, as a brand new second Lieutenant. My commander said, Brent, I don't pay you to get the fuel and the water out. I pay you to make sure the fuel is pumped and the water's provided. And you have 32 people to do that for you. So it's the same thing with anything as business owners. We we're like the person that has the leverage, like we're just being used properly in good ways and not, not bad ways, like almost be good stewards of the leverage that, that we've been blessed with. Yeah, because one one might hear you say, "Well, that that leader said that you got thirty two people to use," and it's, it's the opposite. It's like, "Wow, I'm blessed to be able to orchestrate this this whole thing," and I and thirty two people want to be involved. Wow, you know, and and what can we do with the power of thirty two, dude? That's incredible insight. Thank you for your service. Also, I meant to Thanks, say that man. earlier, but I mean, leadership from from a whole nother world, uh, applicable I, in business. <laughs> And that's, I'll tell you, that's the difference between the military. You, you, oh my gosh, that was level five listening, Chaz, to use. That's the difference between what I was taught in the military and what this, this, what I was surrounded by and the business side, people want to be here. People want to be in this culture, like the military, not so much. There's a lot of negativity, like they're forced to be there. My commander with all his intelligence said, use these people mm -hmm. and in business, like we don't use anybody like we motivate, inspire, we share the vision. And if they don't have the same vision, they're probably not a fit. Yep. So. And then the confidence that we have as entrepreneurs is that there, there are lots out there 
who are a good fit. Just Holy cow. Them. Yes. You just got to be willing to put yourself out there one more time, get hurt one more time. You might be thinking, well, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to do all this by myself. You're going to be a one man operation. Like that is pathway to burnout and frustration yeah. and alcoholic, you know, so you just got to keep, eventually you're going to, it's like finding the woman of our dreams or, or the man of your dreams. You just got to keep, you know, just keep your heart open type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Last question here for you, Brent. If you lost it all, what would you do? You know what? I would walk down to the County assessor's office and I would figure out the people that were behind on their taxes. And I would ask to borrow their phone and I would start calling those people to see who I can help. I, I, I kind of have thought about this like, okay, if I didn't have any money to market, I would, I would just have to somehow or another get down to the county building to go through the records and start writing letters or whatever to be able to start finding landowners that are behind on their taxes or out of state or both combine those two and start reaching out to them and see if they'd consider, you know, selling that parcel of land. Yeah. Yeah. You would do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, do it all over again, but way less scalable, way more time consuming. But you do that for a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be back. As soon as the money top. flows. Yeah. You'd be back right where you are. I love, I love everything about our interaction today. Just your 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 spirit, just the, the kindness that you've spoken, the encouragement that you've given, value drops. I mean, you're building a phenomenal business over there. I can tell just from the language that you've used today. How can the listener connect with you? How can they find you? No, I appreciate you asking me, Chaz. I built a YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and search Brent Bowers, you can find me there. That's probably the best place to find me. Perfect. Well, check out his YouTube channel. Brent, we wish you nothing but all the success and blessings that, uh, that your hands will not being idle will produce for you. And so we appreciate that. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Chaz. God bless. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.